When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. We work really hard to put this show together, and hopefully you enjoy it too. So here's the deal. Head over to 1865.football slash flatback and take a look at Flatback 4's range of forest gifts. Buy yourself something nice for Christmas and use the code 1865, that's 1865 at the checkout, and you'll get a 10% discount, and we'll get a little kickback too. Can't say fairer than that. Welcome back to the 1865 Forest Ramble podcast, and part two of our interview with local football journalist, George Harvey. Thanks for joining us again, George. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. And we've also got Stephen on the line. So, Stephen, um, I think you wanted to get started uh, with part two of this interview with a few questions about uh, about journalism, didn't you? Yeah, so from your point of view, George, what are the best and worst parts of being a journalist and particularly reporting on Forest? And what advice would you give to somebody who may want to get in the same position as yourself in a few years time um i can't i I generally cannot pick out any bad parts really i mean it's obviously harsh um harsh it's obviously sad when um manager loses the job because you know sabri lamucci is a very nice person it is the only manager i've covered by being a forest anyway um reporter so um probably a nice person very nice talk to made you feel at ease whenever you win in this um in his company and Obviously, harsh when uh, sorry, sad when you write a um, a piece on him and reflecting the time at Forest and analysing where it went wrong um, because you you know desperately wanted it to work out for him. The best part was just doing um, you know what I do on a weekly basis. I've I've, I've wanted to be a, a journalist slash reporter since I was a, since a child. I mean, I've been commentating on FIFA games when I was six, pretending I was Martin Tyler and thinking, oh, I want to be a commentator one day. Then I was. Um, writing up fake match reports when I was 10, um, hoping to be a journalist one day. So the most fully enjoyable part of my job is going to games, especially at the minute, because I feel privileged to do so. Um, just, just writing, I've got such a passion for writing, I always have done. So combining my love of football and writing is um, 
it's it's brilliant but it's the people you meet along the way and also it, you, i find out something about forest never knew before every single time i go you know it's eye-opening experience they're a massive club with obviously huge history everyone everyone knows that so um just being feeling a part of the club really and just um you know, knowing the ins and outs and and, and stuff like that makes you feel really inclusive and you know, it's, it's a genuine privilege um of advice for anyone starting out I mean I said I was very lucky because I left sixth form in, in a bit of a panic really because I didn't know where I was going to end up I mean I, I applied for apprenticeship at the BBC but that was such a about the final um, hundred out of about hundred thousand um, so obviously I was gutted after that I was I lost but I think um, you know look for look for freelance work freelance work you know your own your own boss I mean you can manage your time well and you can earn money on the side doing it and best prize is gaining an invaluable experience um i've learned so much I, I, you know i i didn't as a journalism course but i never had any qualifications at the university or anything so i'm always learning i'm always you know trying to better myself and um i'm, I'm learning every single day in the role i am and going to games so um there's, there's many ways to get to journalism you've, you've got to be look at the right t- uh, place in the right time it, it's a lot of hard work required but um uh, you know freelance work's really um Special, I think, and then if you make an impression, obviously, um, companies might want to hire you permanently. And just on that topic of you know getting started, um, look, we're very acutely aware of the fact that you can go around um, and anyone can be in a position where they write something because we have access to blogging platforms. We create this podcast and put it out there for free. And so if anyone who's listening wants to support the podcast, then, then please get in touch. We have a PayPal account and you can do that because we do this for you for nothing. Um, uh, how much work did you have to do for nothing before you got in a position where you're getting paid for it, George? Uh, yeah. So um, towards the end of my time at six from I was, doing a lot of um, contributing work so I was writing for the website right for now for about um, well back in the day for about six months and not in very much at all um, it's more about contributing almost on trial almost so yeah um, it doesn't happen overnight it's a lot of hard work a lot of dedication but I think it's important whatever occupation you get into in life you've got to enjoy enjoy writing and um, you know for me personally when I was contributing okay I wasn't getting but that was the last at least my problem because I was enjoying writing about football I was enjoying the buzz of seeing my name next to a um, an opinion piece on the internet and I still get that same today it's always um, you know, a privilege it's quite surreal sometimes when you see that you know so many fans and um, readers like your work and how people actually do view your work um, so you just got to enjoy yourself and um, you know hard work does pay off and as, as I said I was contributing for around five to six months and then um, freelance work and then ultimately in the position I am now so um, I stick at it and just enjoy enjoy what you do and you know, that's a, um, beneficial for you really. Stephen you've got um, you know you've had a little bit of experience about doing some of the broadcast journalism side of things and of course George is talking mainly from the point of view of writing um, is there anything you'd like to add to that for anyone who's listening and thinking I'd really like to get into get into journalism? Yeah I think Really, to back up what George is saying, that there are freelance opportunities out there, and there are opportunities for you to to write, to create content. I mean, you don't even have to go down the written route now. You can create your own vlog and just go on YouTube. I mean, Match Day with Max is a great example of somebody yeah. who has has come along off his own back, shown some initiative, and he's produced a really great channel. And you know, he's getting 
deserved plaudits for it. So that's an example there of somebody who's worked off their own back and used technology around them to create some really good and engaging content. And I think there is that opportunity out there for people to, to do exactly the same. If that's writing, if that's blogging, photography, even whatever your, you know, your journalistic passion is, there are ways of, you know, on a freelance basis or just for pure enjoyment, there are ways of, of finding that breakthrough and honing your skills. And obviously this is a conversation with George, not necessarily with you, Steve-O, but um, uh, <laughs> would, would your dream job have been to, I don't know, be, be the next Colin Frey? I, I, would, uh, I wouldn't turn down the opportunity if and when, you know, Mr. Frey hangs up his microphone, if, if they are looking for somebody. Um, but no, all joking aside, it, yeah, of course, reporting on football, it's, when it's something you enjoy, it's, it's a real privilege. And also, if, if, if that's the club you support as well, it's, you know, I can only imagine, and George will, I'm sure, back this up, the, the feeling you get must be just 10 times better when it's your own football club that you're involved with and reporting on. Yeah, presumably, assuming it's, it's all good times, I'm guessing. Um, and, and, and George, um, just coming back to you, um, you know, so the stuff that we see from you is the stuff which goes out on the website. Um, and like you say, the stuff you particularly enjoy is in the long form writing. And, and I guess that's the stuff where you feel that you probably enjoy it most because you have put the most into it, I would guess. That's, that's completely right. Um, it's my, it's, it's, it allows you to... Um, more into detail about a certain okay, I mean for instance this Miguel Guerrero piece um fans didn't see him in action it's got all his stats on there it gives you a, a paint a picture in the in reader's mind of how he did play and I mean that's your job as a journalist really you've got to especially in times like this you've got to make it seem like the reader is is at the as at the football ground and that, I think that um what makes it as engaging um as possible but um yeah I mean I mean I do enjoy writing long form context it allows you to give your opinion on the matter um I think I think Taylor of the Athletic once told me that you, you know stick to your opinion, sit up the fence and deliver your opinion, and I think that makes again content more much more engaging. And um, yeah, uh, as I said long form content is what I you know allows you to flex your writing muscle, so to speak. So yeah, that's what I um, enjoy enjoy doing the most. But also just this is not injury news and um, you know how is a player getting on. It's always nice to just stuff like that and and snappy pieces just to you know educate fans and keep them in the loop really and has that changed now that no one can go to matches compared to before when obviously there was maybe 27 28,000 people at the match and then maybe another 60,000 people who might be interested who can't attend for whatever reason uh yeah i believe so i believe so because obviously when when you um go to a game you form your own opinion of the player and you don't necessarily need to in my opinion, on the player. I mean, if you want to, you can obviously read what I say. But I think even more so now. Um, oh, sorry, back, back when um, people go and say, I think fans do like hearing people's opinions on something. So if someone went to the game on the weekend and thought Guerrero were uh, allowed to go to the game, and someone thought Guerrero was was poor, and then read my opinion and thinking, oh, he had a really good game, and here's why. I think that. Uh, makes for a really interesting debate and I think um, that's what brings the best out of journalism and, and, and it says gives fans platforms again and then enough that that's why podcasts exist and that's why um, uh, you know 606 to it seems, uh, exists as well because it gives fans um, the platform to you know have their say and um, disagree with people if they want to in, in the nicest possible way. 
and, and that's actually why we started podcasting. So um, yeah. for, for newer listeners to us, you know, back in the old days when Forrester just got promoted back to the uh, back to the championship, we started because Baz just said to me, you know, what I think we should do. We should just do a thing where after every match we go to, we should just sit down, talk about it for 15 minutes and have a discussion. And that is going to be, you know, much richer than someone just writing a single-handed match report for people who aren't able to attend. Is that I think fans, sorry, sorry, I think I think fans generally really enjoy that as well. I think fans, especially, I keep referring to times like this. Fans miss going to the pub with their mates and 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 talking about the game. And you know, so he was rubbish. He was good. That was a great goal. So I think stuff like what you guys do and what other podcasters do is is brilliant because um, it makes you feel like you are there and it makes you feel like you're part of like a a group and you can talk about football and have your say on on the matter price cut cost you anyway no 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 worries at all um uh, you know and and that's i guess also one of the reasons why there are so many um bits of so many forest content generators out there because yeah. everyone's doing it in a slightly different way so obviously you've got someone like match david max but then you've also got mr door who does it in a different way with there's two or three forest fan generated podcasts we do it in a slightly different way to some of the others um and then of course you've got the journalist based ones whereby they do have that knowledge of you know having that little bit of extra inside opinion those conversations sometimes even if it's with with ex-players and so on um that can provide an insight that that we wouldn't otherwise have i think Mm. um so george just i'm also interested in this how much of what you do in your day-to-day job is what we see in front of us on the screen and how much of it is stuff that we never find out about? Um, that's it, that's it. I think most of what you see, um, what, I, what I produce is what I put out. Obviously, throughout the day, I'm also covering both teams. And I'm, I'm offering my opinion on, on you know, Chef Wednesday, for instance, at the minute. I'm doing a lot of Chef Wednesday content. Uh, today, obviously, because of what's going on and the amount of um, names being linked to that role, I think Sol Campbell's the latest name to be linked with that role, which is a completely different story, but very interesting. Um, no, I, as I said, I, I just like to focus on getting out Forest content. I've built a really good following of, of um, Forest fans, and um, I, I want to obviously keep them engaged. And obviously, with this two-week international break, it's obviously going to be beneficial for me to do so and um, you know, reflect on what a hectic start to the season it's been. Because um, you know it's it's only it's, it's mad to think it's only been eleven games. Um, it just feels like it's been going on for absolute ages. But um, yeah, so what I produce on a day-to-day basis, most of it is Forest. But what I also do is focus on other clubs. And obviously, if I if I follow some other clubs, I put it off on my, my social media as well. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, press conferences take up a, a lot of time as well. Um, you know, on Thursdays we do press conferences, I get access to them, um, and just and just basically. And for the weekends, that's all it ever is. I mean, I, I make so many notes going into games that we can on opposition, on, on Forest, on just, you know the league in general. So um, yeah, a lot of, there's a lot of behind the scenes work. But, uh, most of it's what you see. What you see is what you get. You talk about press conferences there, um, and you talked earlier right at the start about getting your accreditation. Um, mm. What's it like when you actually get access to a football club? It, it, it's, it's nice. I mean, I've, I've I've spent the whole of my life paying 20 quid to get into, well, not all of my life, but 15, 20 pounds to get into games. So last season, it was just felt um, surreal um, when you, you know, you collect your um, ID and just walk past and, you know, get let in by a security guard. And it's something I'm privileged to, uh, steward, not security guard, steward. Uh, but yeah, it's something I feel privileged to um, be able to do. But uh, 
it's all changed this year to be honest it's all online now so um you don't actually get up anything you just um have to fill in the questionnaire and um just say you know i've not had a fever or anything like that so um and you just go up and it's, it's funny because in the peter taylor in the peter taylor stand you don't actually sit in the press box um you actually sit in the actual seats and i've had a lot of requests for just for fans to take pictures of their seats um just want to the picture of them and um, and it's, 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 you've got to ensure your laptop's fully charged as well because there's obviously no plug sockets. Um, so it's a bit of a, it's still a surreal one, but no, it, it did feel very surreal last season because I've gone from just you know writing blogs in my bedroom and being a fan to actually sitting alongside people, you know, very reputable journalists and Colin Frey, and it's just yeah, it's very very fortunate to be able to do what I'm I'm doing at the, at the moment. So you, you, you mentioned some of the, the journos there in people like Colin Frey and also Danny Taylor, Paul Taylor. Um, some of those people are Forest fans who are reporting on the club like yourself. Do you think that helps or hinders the way that perhaps the journalism is done and the way that the reporting is done? Um, I think when you are a fan and a journalist of the club, you you have to be very careful not to view it with, you know, roasting the spectacles. You've got to look at, to deliver the truth, really. Um, I think Taylor's been, been with some of the stuff he's been doing with Forrest over the over the years, as has Paul Taylor. Um, like any Forrest fan, they just want what's best for the club. They shouldn't get that, that get in the way of their judgment or, um, or or their job. I think fans would um, not be too happy if they just, you know, if everything was right at the Forest and everything was rosy behind the scenes. If it wasn't, and as well, they don't want to um, to speak bad of the club, and when it really isn't. So, as I said, it's it, it shouldn't you shouldn't allow it to cloud your, cloud your judgment. I don't think it does for any forest supporting journalists out there. But um, I get what you mean because if you're a hardcore fan of a certain club and you've got a strong opinion on the manager, and it might not be the most balanced opinion in the world, then you know it might not be a very balanced piece. And it might mislead readers in some cases. That's not the case with Forest, but. It can be the case with some other clubs. So you've got to be um, very careful um, about the angles you take and um, perspectives you go with. Um, yeah, I do agree. It, it can end up sometimes, but um, as I said, any any football uh, fan in general just wants the best for the club and wants to deliver the truth to their fans because they're all on the same page and all want the best for the for the club. Do you feel as well, kind of in your role, there is that sense of duty out there to be delivering that accurate content to fans, especially be given the way that social media can whip things up into a frenzy, you know, a rumour's put out there and suddenly people run with it and it becomes a story when it's not even a story. Do you feel that you have got that duty to kind of put those accurate stories out there and almost in some ways kind of temper the mood with accurate reporting? Yeah, I think, I think as a journalist, you've got a duty to, tell the truth and you've got to deliver accurate information otherwise you're not doing your job um, I remember when uh, Sabri was I said I don't want to keep doing it on the past but he's only the managerial second of, of reporting on at Forest um, I remember when he was coming to the last stages of his tenure and players were being selected I think it was when Argo Silva was um, um, you know moving to Olympiacos or just being frozen out um, there were so many and, and Ribeiro as well to that extent there were so many stories from Greece and Cyprus and Italy just all you know, saying, oh, he's moving here, he's moving here. And I think you've got to be very, you know, you've got to ignore the fake stuff and just deliver the, you know, you've got a duty to deliver the right the right things. And I believe um, Lamucci said 
um, in his post-match to City interview, we said that Bill Vastley at the club, and you know you've got to get that spot on, and that effectively that um, pays down many reports from from abroad, and it's just that one quote that can you know change the story and change the you know the concept of things very very much so. So um, yeah, I mean I have I have a duty as, as in my role to report on accurately, um, report accurately, and give fans the, the, the truth and. Um, hopefully, there's not been too much drama going on over the last um, you know, on off, off the off the pitch. More, it's more being focused on the pitch. So uh, I have to wait and see what um, happens there. And you, you mentioned about you know some of the noise that comes across, particularly when now in this kind of hyper-connected world, we get a translated news report coming from the Greek newspapers or something like that, and all of a sudden it's a story. Is it just as hard for you as a journalist to kind of sort out the truth from fiction? Uh, it can be sometimes when you when you when you hear stories from Greece and it's your job to report on it and dissect it. It can be very hard. I remember when um, Limit had just gone, and I think it was the uh, old Olympiakos manager. I think it was Takis Lamonis who was who was uh, briefly mentioned by reporting Greece. Now that report from Greece. What a lot of fans thought was it saying he's the new favourite to replace. It wasn't that. It's the fact that he's worked under Marinakis, I think, two or three times before. So he, he this this was them writing their opinion. He'd, he'd be first choice in Marinakis' relationship with him. But obviously that turned out not to be the case. And it seemed like the club had already made the decision uh, come the end of the Bristol City game. And they knew that Hutton was probably going to come in and um, to, to turn things around. So, yeah, I mean, it's, especially with the way Forrest run the minute, it's very continental feel to things uh, has been for a while you know the Portuguese players coming in under Karanka the Greek players and, and Piaka players um, you know links we've had over since Maracas has come in it's quite hard to um, you know get to the group of things because ultimately you want to do more research and just type in a whole article and put it on Google Translate because that's you know it's, it can be very misleading at times so yeah you've got to be um, very careful doing that and you know in terms of trying to sort out you know reporting on things that are happening at the club uh, let's just talk about because the Danny Taylor stuff was quite high profile in the Forest fans world um mm. there is that danger isn't there that you're either you're either a fan journalist who is trying to preserve the club's best interests or you're sabotaging the club's future and I, I actually quote um you know some of the things that I've seen on Twitter saying Danny Taylor he claims to be a fan but he's sabotaging the club's future no, yeah. I mean, when fans, you know, social media is there for a reason. When fans don't like what they hear, you know, people, just in any walk of life, they're, they're quick to um, call people out on it. I said Danny Taylor's a fantastic journalist. He's, he's you know, awards in his book speak for itself. And he, he's a, a person who wants the best Nottingham Forest Football Club. He's been a supporter since, well, I don't know how long he's supported them for, but all his life, I presume. But um I mean, it's his it's his job, like any journalist's job, to report on nothing but the truth. And um, when things aren't going right, it's only right for you to investigate as to why is the case. Because it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. If he wasn't doing that, then people would say, "Well, why is the why is the club not pressing? Um, you know, asking any pressing questions, or why they're not going completely in on whoever the whoever the pressing question might be?" So, um, as I said, it, it finds opinions that they'll, they'll be, say what they want and. Um, we might not agree with what they say, but um, I'm afraid it's really no stopping that sort of time. I mean, I don't know Danny Taylor, but I would say he's got to be a hardcore Forest fan because 
um, he's mentioned about how he's got like, I, I don't know, a, a teenager or a 12 year old or something like that. And he's, he's living in Manchester, bringing them up as a forest fan. So you've really got, yeah. to, that's a real labour of love, isn't it? When you live up there. Yeah. So, when you've um, got two big clubs nearby. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, were you surprised by the way that some of that panned out in like the comments section of, of, of articles on The Athletic? Um, I wasn't, I wasn't because without, without, um, in, in the current thing, I, I know what, I know our fans can react to stories sometimes and, uh, fans have the, I mean, there was a lot about, um, obviously the Carvalho saga dominated most of the headlines because obviously Carvalho was a player who, um, really should, could and should have been excessive for us, but for one reason, he just never really seemed to regularly running games and when he did he wasn't performing or he picked up an injury and you know in that pre-season so I think a lot of that kind of takes charge sometimes when you've got a favourite player or a favourite figure for instance that can often get in the way of the truth if, 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 if that makes sense so you know if Silver did ask to leave the club for instance and fans like him they'd say oh no that's not the truth you can't be like that and they kind of get quite emotional about it really um, but yeah I mean I was surprised because that piece was must have been a very very well uh, researched piece that takes a lot of time to prepare and a lot of time to to put out and um, if it wasn't the truth and if it wasn't you know beneficial for Forest then you know it wouldn't be put out there. Um, with the uh, with the kind of well documented hangover that Forrest suffered at the end of the last season and obviously the headlines that that created you had to write on the or you had to write about the departure of Sabri Lamushi and then the subsequent appointment of Chris Hewton I mean do you do you ever worry is there ever a danger that you might get into the club's bad books by reporting on those difficult stories and those turbulent times not just to mention Billy Davis part two you know where loads of journalists are excluded as well uh, no. um, I suppose there's always there's always a worry about whatever you write. Really, I think you've got to be in any you know in, in journalism you've got to be careful about what you do publish because you just want to you don't want to upset anyone. You just want to give your opinion at the end of the day, or you want to deliver what's 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 right. And me personally, I'm, I've never been um, worried about you know, what the club uh, what the club feel. And I, I don't, I've never wanted to upset the club at all. And thank God, which would haven't so far. Um, but yeah, I suppose when when you are a big journalist. Um, you know, a very reputable one like Danny Taylor or anyone like the Athletic, got to go about your business accordingly and and you know in the right way, ethical way, I guess, because you don't want to. Um, and you haven't done this yet, often probably would never will do, but you don't want to make up anything um, detrimental about the club, which doesn't turn out to be the case whatsoever. Um, you know, you, as long as you take, I think if you take pride in your work and and you think about is this right to put out and um, what what are the benefits of me doing this? And if there's more benefits than drawbacks, then um, you know just just go for it and you know publish a piece. And you know, it's going to divide opinion no matter what, more often than not. Yeah, I, I wonder if the fact that Forrest's chairman is a lawyer might have a bearing on on how journalists report on the club as well. So, um, so. I'm just going to wrap up now because, George, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. You've given us loads of really good insights into both being a fan and being a journalist. So I'm going to ask you the dreaded question to wrap up. Um, What are your predictions for Forrest's fortunes this season? And are they different if you put on your fan head compared to putting on your journalist head? 
<laughs> that's, a, that's a great question because it, we, in my look, I'll probably say, yeah, they're going to win the next 12 points from their state team and then they'll probably lose every game and Houghton will be gone. Um, no, I think with a journalist head on and a, and a, new, a fan head on and just an overall neutral head on, I think Forest will do well this season. I think, as I said earlier, I, I believe that Forest have got the squad players. It's almost not impossible to them to fail, but I think it's impossible to start gelling and picking up some results. I think, as I said on Saturday, we saw a performance from Forrest that won't, I think we're seeing what Chris Hewton wants from his team. Um, I, I think I said it in, in, my, uh, in play commentary. I think we're seeing a lot more of what the Brighton team that was successful, um, a solid back four, um, two anchoring midfielders, and then three flowing front four and obviously knockouts flourishing in that system before. Um, I think Forest will come good. I mean, there's a lot of tricky games after the national break. I don't know if you saw my tweet yesterday, but five of the next six are against top six teams. We have a think it might be three away from home. I might be wrong there, but um, a lot of tough games. But the championship's a tough, uh, a tough league, and there's no easy games whatsoever. Um, Forest's performances have improved. I think um, under, under Sabri, don't come back from one nil to go uh, with Rotherham or Bobby. Um, and I don't think they're starting the front foot like Saturday. I think they allow Wickham to probably dictate, and, and the same can be said for Coventry. But um, they've got a manager there who knows what he's doing. He's not; they've not appointed the nobody. They've got a manager there who who knows he's going to take time because it was always going to take time for him to gel because he's walking into a club which had a dismal run of form under the belt and also thirty players. So it's going to take any manager any time to work with good players. But as I said, um, it hasn't been pretty. The, the over Wickham wasn't. By any means, neither was the one against Coventry, but it's six points and it gives them a hell of a lot of confidence when it's after the international break. And to be honest, we could have probably done without the international break because when you're winning games, a uh, football team is winning games, you don't want to stop playing because the momentum is with Forest and be um, more than you know, pleased with um, the way they defended and played against uh, Wickham and maybe not so much Coventry, but the way they dominated in large parts. So, yes, I think. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my head out there. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna say we'll finish in the top six because a lot of points, the games to play, and there's a lot of points to play for. And um, if they don't make it, then I do apologise. <laughs> yeah, it'll be your <laughs> fault, I'd say. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, what what I would say is obviously we're recording this the day after Gary Monk's been sacked at Sheffield Wednesday, and obviously Philip Koku's under pressure down the road when the takeover yeah. goes through. Um, and it just got me thinking we're really fortunate to have got Hewton when we did before the managerial merry-go-round really kicked in. So uh, I think that's definitely the case. And the only prediction I would make is I think the table will end up looking a lot different at the end of the season to what it does at the beginning of November. Um, Yeah. So I just want to say thank you to Stephen for for joining me in this conversation. But most of all, big thanks to you, George Harvey, um, for joining us today. Where can we find you? Where can we find you? Um, I'm on Twitter. It's just George Harvey. It's Harvey with an E. My uh, articles um, are down there. I've also got a link to my uh, web page on Football League World. So if anyone wants to just have a look at what I've written about Forest, um, you know, you can find me on there. But no, thank you very much for having me on. Um, I love what you guys produce. I'm to talk to you again soon.
Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.